Hey, Donnie here. I wanted to tell you about Champions 90. Champions 90 isn't a workout routine or a fitness routine. This is about you transforming your life mentally, giving yourself an upgrade while you build to business freedom. Champions 90 is about you getting quiet with your thoughts, staying focused on building your business and getting you to freedom. Come join the challenge at champions90.com. All right, kids. Holy hell in a handbasket. This is going to be an episode. My Lord, as we dive into this, I am telling you, get ready because these ladies are absolutely insane. I promise you, we did not just start this over because I already screwed up one's last name. I already called them girls versus women. So this is just going to go very, very, very well today. That and a thousand. <laughs> but I promise you, this is going to be a lot of fun. I love these ladies. They're a blast. They have a hell of a podcast called the women your mother's warned you about look at that i got it right this time i called them girls last time so but we're gonna dive in have a lot of fun strap it in and let's see what the hell turns up strap it in <laughs> rachel pitts <laughs> gina trimarco welcome to the party ladies tell us your story So before we bring on the women your mother warned you about, I want to talk a little bit about Point Blank Safety and what they're doing over there. You know, uh, I absolutely love these guys and what they're doing for our police officers, the men and women in uniform that are keeping us safe and are doing amazing things to help the world and help everybody in the U.S. just do, do awesome things. But point blank, point blank safety services, man, they literally employ over 200 off-duty police officers to protect our freeway construction crews, us as we're driving through the construction sites. They protect buildings and machinery when it's parked in lots and everything else. Everything that encompasses safety and security, Point Blank Safety Services take care of it. And they use off-duty police officers. Some of the great things that I love about that is I've had the privilege to sit down and talk to some of these officers and the compassion and things that they have for Stacy and Michael over there at Point Blank Safety Services is, is second to none. Uh, these two go above and beyond to take care of their officers and make sure that they can have some extra revenue and extra money in their pockets as they're willing to pay the ultimate sacrifice to keep us uh, safe on the streets. Um, I love it when when someone's heart and passion comes together and helps other people uh, out. It's an amazing thing. So head over to pointblanksafety.com and let Stacy and Michael know that Donnie sent you from Success Champions. And if you haven't heard, um, you know, Success Champions has been a hell of a ride. You know, from the podcast, the Facebook group, the magazine, the Badass Business Summit. 
Um, and now the virtual networking groups, we're having a lot of fun. If you haven't come and hung out with us in Success Champions, a Facebook group, you should come hang out and say hi. Over a thousand small business owners in there that are actively engaged in helping each other grow their businesses. Just go to Facebook, up top in the search box, type in Success Champions, click on groups, will be the first one that pops up. We'd love to see there. Now, let's get on to these crazy ass ladies that will have you laughing and have you thinking on a deeper, more intimate level with how you find success. Here we go. Thank you. I will, I will defer to my partner, Rachel, to tell her story first, because you know, in the improv world, it's all about making other people look good. <laughs> so are you looking for my personal story? Or are you looking for the story of the women your mother warned you about? Uh, yes. <laughs> we'll start with your story yes. first and then we'll Okay, so I am a girl from a real small town in Virginia that uh, decided very early I wanted to be a dancer, which is exactly what I did for many, 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 many years. Did a lot, just everything you could think of with my clothes on. Um, Thank you for the and, clarification. Yeah, uh, you know, it's interesting that when I say a dancer, I usually say a ballet dancer, especially in this town where we live, where Gina and I both live in Myrtle Beach currently, Myrtle Beach area. And, um, in this town, if you say you're a dancer, they'll be like, ooh, which club? So I usually so say I get ballet it. I was dancer. in Camp Lejeune, right? So Myrtle okay. Beach was two hours yeah. away. I mean, yeah. I, I appreciate the clarification. Yeah, and it's all good. I thought about that at times, but, you know, I never really actually went through with the, the stripping bit. When I was hard up for cash, I was like, I would totally win amateur night right now. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so I had a great career in dance, and then um, – in my when I got pregnant with my daughter, I decided I wanted to you know branch into like a real job, <laughs> and um, I got into real estate. I've had a fitness business, um, and now I work in mortgage. And I along the way, you know, it's an interesting thing for an artistic person to learn about sales and business. So that is um, one thing that I like to help especially anybody who transitions, you know, from artist into the real estate world. It's, it's a hard transition because you're not taught any of that stuff, even though everybody's really in sales, you know, you're selling yourself no matter what you do. Uh, and I met Gina. Um, I was actually, she was my business coach for a little while when I was decided I wanted to change the world with my fitness business um, and get out of real estate for a while, did the fitness thing. And then uh, frankly, realized I'm not making enough fucking money, so I got back into real estate. It didn't make me a bad coach, just to be. Uh, clear. Yeah, I was gonna. Ask. I know. I did learn. I did just learn a lot. I, I did learn a lot. Um, I learned a lot about myself, and I just, uh, you know, to be totally honest, I don't think I was ready to be my own island. Is why I think that that mm. fitness business didn't. Um, I needed. I needed to get some things together personally first before becoming you know, a solo entrepreneur. And I wasn't unsuccessful. I just, you know, wasn't making the income that I wanted. And being a fitness professional is, is tough when you're on the up and up. It's very much a, you know, uh, trading time for dollars kind of business, yeah. which yeah. is hard to scale. And so anyways, then Gina and I kind of went separate ways um, and still remain friends. And then we started getting together and having lunch, just, you know, sharing war stories out there in the world of sales and business as women. And then 
we, she, Gina had her Pivot 10 um, podcast going. And then over breakfast one day, we're like, well, I think Gina, you suggested we should have a TV show. And then because you had yeah, a I podcast. Was like, we, we need a reality TV show where we go all over the country in an RV and we help women lift them up. No RV. Like, oh, that's well, A, a she, she nicks the RV. And then it's like, mm, that's a lot of work to do a TV show. Let's podcast. Wow, you guys are giving me so much ammunition. We're going to have fun with this because I really want to understand why no RV, Miss Princess over here. Jeez, OP. (laughs) No RV. That was part of, uh, with uh, my current husband, that was kind of part of our initial, like, agreements when when we met and decided to start dating. Like, no more kids, no fucking camping or RV. But RVing is not camping. I think that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. RVing is not camping. I, yeah, that's I don't what camp. he keeps trying to tell me. No, I don't camp, right? I flat out do not camp. You put me in an air condition, you give me a toilet, running water, you give me everything, I will go sit out by the campfire. I may go hike or, you know, a trail or something, but I'm not putting up a fucking tent. I'm not staying out in the heat. I'm not doing all that stupid stuff. But, give like, you're a- looking at, like, 50 grand for a decent RV, right, at least? 30 and? grand, 50 grand? Well, I just, my personal opinion is 50 grand can be spent way better traveling around the world. You can't go across the ocean in an RV. No, but you can go see some cool place in the States and get drunk as hell while you do it. So I'm just saying. Felix is working on me. Ah, Well, well, I'll help him out. I'll help him out. Gina, who the hell are you? Uh, That's a really good question. Uh, I am Gina Tremarco with uh, Carolina Improv and Pivot 10 Results. I'm excited about Carolina Improv coming back to business as a brick and mortar business this is hot off the presses news because we've been closed for 90 some days so we have an improv comedy theater in myrtle beach south carolina and and pivot time results is our, our our corporate training division that takes improv and infuses it into corporate training with a lot of focus on sales nice so you gales gals gales i don't know what a gale is but you now gales um <laughs> You guys got together because Rachel was a client and we're going to do a cross country women's TV show. I like that idea better than the podcast. You know, I think this it's would be kick, a, it can still happen. I think it, it won't be in an RV because my partner doesn't want that. So yet, yet we're working on it. We're working yeah. on it. I'm going to work. I need on my own husband. RV. If I have an RV. Well, they, wow. they, you can do that. Damn. You can do that. <laughs> yeah. um, I got a veteran buddy that's doing it with a van. You know, he's taking a van cross country and interviewing. We're not veterans. getting in a van together. Well, you know, nobody wants to see that. Well, <laughs> that. There's also a restriction of I've got a child. Now I have children. Oh, I have an, an, yeah. a, and it, that doesn't work. I, I, I could bring my dog. That'd be cool. But like your daughter would child. love to go camping and hanging out in the world. Just saying, she we're going to make totally this work. Love it. So women, your mother's warned you about not girls, right? Um, where did this idea really come from? What's the point of it? Why the cool name? I fucking love it. Cause it sounds like something before I even hear it. It sounds like something I want to tune into. Um, well, you know, when, um, she was talking about we would get together for lunch and breakfast and just kind of shoot the shit of where we were with things and we um have similar personalities as far as you know kind of standing in our value and 
making shit happen and kind of bulldozing our way through. And sometimes, and, and of course, Rachel can correct me on this. Sometimes we're not as popular because of that. And sometimes we can be the voices of others that maybe don't have the guts to speak up. And so we speak up and sometimes there are women who get, they feel like they're being held back. So, you know, we were just kind of talking about how sometimes that she and I were feeling alone. And that's really where it came from is like, we would say like, gosh, I feel like I have no one I can talk to. And then we're like, wait a second, we can talk to each other. Oh, we got each other. Oh, and we, we keep forgetting that there are other women that we can talk to. And it's not just about women. It's just about feeling like someone that who gets us in at some level. Like I don't have kids and I'm not a mom, but I understand what it's like to be a woman trying to grow a business and still be true to who you are, who, you you know, who you are and, and not be so worried about, well, this is what everybody's telling us we should be. Oh, impose a very unique question. So I'm going to lob a grenade over the fence and duck when I answer this, ask this question. Oh, that's a shocker coming from you. Right. So typically when you get two GSD women together, GSD stands for get shit done, right? Action Mm -hmm. taking, kick ass, bull in a China shop. Fuck you. Get out of my way. Type people. Was that us? Yeah. 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 When you get those two type of women together, they typically oh, here we go. don't play well together. Yeah. And the claws question. come out, the pissing contest happens. And your and, question is? And, and the question is, how are you guys able to make it happen? Uh, I, I'll give you my version and then Rachel can give her version. <laughs> we actually, um, as we were getting this show off the ground, are, are you familiar with Culture Index? I am. Yeah. So, um, and actually we um, took, we did the culture index um, through, oh, what's his name? Gosh, it's slipping my mind, but he's in Dallas. Oh, Robert sure. Pollock, probably. No, no. Nope. Oh, anyway, it'll come to me. Uh, so we both took that assessment and scored exactly the same. Like mm-hmm. when you look at the graph, the graph is exactly the same. And um, I was at that time described as a mosquito on Red Bull. And to be careful to not have, because I can have a hundred ideas and exhaust people because only one of the hundred will work. So then when Rachel took it and the graphs, like literally you lay them over and they're exact, we're like, oh fuck. (laughs) So our co-host Keith, who's also out of Dallas, he actually inquired like, what does this mean about the two of them? And the response was, they should never share an office. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly how I'm looking at this question. (laughs) They should never share an office. So I think um, our experience through this, because we're partners, this is my version, our experience through this is that there's had to, we've had to really kind of reflect as we go. And sometimes one of us pisses off the other one. And then we kind of have to be like, Mm, sorry, I, I suck right now and have those conversations. But I think the value of knowing that we both have that personality, we can have some empathy and kind of push and pull like, okay, this is my time to just back off. Like I can, I can read Rachel's face and know when she's having a back the fuck off day. And so I'll just be like, I'm just going to. She's got that look about I mean, she, she She's definitely got the facial read that she, you don't have a, a great poker face so far, my dear. 
Who me? Yeah. Oh, I know that. <laughs> I'm a terrible liar. Yeah, you 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 wear terrible, your emotions on you on your thing. But same question back to you. How do two badass get shit done ladies handle working together? Well, first of all, let's be real that women are hard it's difficult for any two women to get along like long term. I mean, there's like I've never ever been good with clicks clicky clicky click groups and anytime like i see a group of like 10 women together out to eat dinner like ah, with their wine and all hugging and doing oh my god it gives me great anxiety because i just don't do well with that many people especially <laughs> if they're all female because women are just there's if you don't have a lot of confidence then the tendency is to talk about the other girls behind their backs gina and i are pretty straight with each other and we have had you know we've had our moments where it's gotten difficult we've had our moments where we don't talk for a couple days um and as gina said we um we've gotten to know like when to back off and we've also gotten better uh at gina more than me at saying you know what I need to not talk about this anymore right now. I'm not in a good spot or whatever's going on because we're both very emotional as well. And um, so we've gotten better at that. And it's just like any other relationship. It takes time to feel the other one out and be able to read them. Um, and, you know, we get along, but not to say that it's perfect like any other partnership. Right. It's yeah. just a matter of how mature are you in your partnership with whomever it is and how willing are you to be wrong? And, and how important is the relationship to you, right? Like losing mm, Rachel right. from my life would suck. So it is, it's a give and take because it's a relationship. You know, then the second half of that question, that should probably ruffle some feathers. Gosh, she's really trying to get us. I'm, I am. I am. Yeah, I really okay. am. Because it, it's, it's, it's a conversation that has to have. Be careful. Because, I will let Rachel at you. So oh, I'm, I'm totally okay with that because if I don't ask some of these tough questions, how can I help some of these gals out there <laughs> listening? Because yeah, yeah. typically when you've got a strong personality female, somebody that can go in and hold their own in any fucking room that they're in, when they do that, they're called a bitch. A guy yeah. does it and they're called fucking a rock star. That dude's a yeah. badass, can hold yeah. his own, but a woman's yeah. called a bitch every time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. How do you guys handle it? I mean, how do you guys, you know, when you're in those situation and you know what's happened some dude looked at you and said quit being a fucking bitch you know you know and like how do you handle it? i mean what do you do and <laughs> you why should them. more women do that <laughs> you know and, and truthfully why should more women fucking stand up for themselves in that regard you want to take it first i've got a good story about that um so <laughs> I had a client, um, and this was when I was still in real estate sales primarily. I had this client. Ooh, I remember and, this. Yeah. <laughs> I so she has this, had this adorable little house that um, I put on the market, and we got multiple offers in 24 hours. And then it all fell apart because she wasn't listening to the advice of her professional realtor. And so then we had to put it back on the market and um, it was a little tricky. And so this was right around, it was like right a couple days after Christmas. And I had to go in and have a painful outpatient surgery, like the pain, like I've never experienced. Like I put a bruise on the nurse's arm from this scenario, which I will not get into, but just to say <laughs> it was fucking painful. I walk out of that place 
Oh, so that was um, a real band- surgery. So you really were in a bad out- outpatient type thing. Yes. Okay. Cool. So, so I walk out of, I walk out of this surgery and get into my car and drive an hour South to go show her house because I needed to get this thing sold. And the buyers had scheduled with me to be there at one thirty, and I got, arrived at one thirty, and um, I knew they knew, the buyers knew I was going to be a minute later. So, and the seller was still standing there in the, in the driveway and she had promised me she'd leave. And it's never a good idea for a seller to be there when the buyers show up. To sell. Right. So I get there and I'm like, Hey, um, ma'am, we'll call her ma'am. Hey, Joe, or whatever your name is. Uh, Sally, let's call her Sally. No, let's call her Karen. Let's call oh, fuck, here yes. comes Karen. She was a Karen. <laughs> let's call her Karen. So I was like, Karen, what are you still doing here? Um, she's like, well, the buyers arrived and I let them, I let them in and talked to him for a minute. And I'm like, oh, that's not really a great idea. Um, they knew I was coming. I wish you'd have just, you know, left as we agreed. And she goes, Rachel, you are a bitch like this. I'm standing there like droplets of blood dripping down my leg. Like I'm like, and, um, I just go, all right. And I, she walked right by me and, uh, I got the household and later we laughed about it and she was like, I'm sorry, I called you a bitch. And I'm like, it didn't phase me. Cause you know what? I am a bitch. I'm a fucking bitch that gets shit done. And if you need to call me that fine. And if, if someone thinks if they need to call me a bitch, then, then I'm, I'm poking at the bruise somewhere on them. And I've just, I've just figured out I'm not a real like warm, soft, fuzzy, like really I couldn't tell thing. Um, <laughs> And I just own it, you know, and I'm not the one thing for anybody out there who gets offended by being called a name is to remember that anyone calling you that name calls you that because they see whatever quality in you that offends them in themselves. Uh, 100%. Yeah. So that's one thing that I've learned is it's, it's not about me when someone calls me a bitch. It's just that they're not getting what they want in that moment. That's okay. And, I and, here, and, and here's the other thing. Um, they might call us a bitch, yet they still want to follow us. No, that's true. That's true. You I, know, they're still, they're still following us because there's something about us that, well, it reminds them a little bit about themselves. I think it also reminds them about their badass self that they're afraid to show. And so they're angry at themselves for it. And it's just easier to be like, well, they're such a bitch. I don't want to be like that. But deep down inside, they want to be. Well, does it ever drive you guys nuts? Because it drives me nuts when someone walks up and says, man, I wish I was more like you. No, you don't. Be more like your fucking self. Just reach down and grab a hold and get after it. Right? I mean, what, when your followers, that your friends. That actually, that actually doesn't bother me. Really? Um, yeah, because I think I take it, A, as a compliment because, again, I look at it's what we do. It's yeah. I, I, I look at it as these are people reaching out going, they're not just saying, I wish I could be you. They're saying, help me be who I want to be. That's how I read it. So I'm always humbled by it and say, thank you by it. And then, you know, I'm like, but you can be you, but you can be you. You don't have to be me. It's, it's just, they're just basically saying that they wish they had the guts to be more of who they want to be. Okay, so we 100% agree with that, and I respond in the same way in this scenario. In the back of my head, I'm like, fucking pull your head out of your ass. Jeez, old people, what the hell? Well, there's that too. <laughs> I mean, there is that too. There are some people where you're like, 
Oh my God, you've said that to me 10 times now. I'm tired right. of you actually saying that to me because you're not doing anything for yourself about it. Yeah. You know, somewhere along my business, I had to quit working with people that were not just badasses. If you weren't a fucking action taker, I can do nothing for you because Amen. otherwise yeah. all you're doing is fucking babysitting and it gets you nowhere. Yeah. That's why coaching exhausted me. Yeah, like, totally. Like, like, so like solopreneur co coaching started to exhaust me. Like now we, we incorporate coaching. <laughs> well, I can understand working with, you know, with Rachel, you're like, fuck, well, here we no, go again. I, I mean, Rachel, um, <laughs> I loved actually working with Rachel. Rachel was an ideal client because she did get things done. And so I could be like, okay, here are my suggestions. And she could run circles around me. I was like, oh shit, I'm running out of things to give her to do. So she was more of an ideal client. Um, in that regards, but there were, you know, she was rare. The rest of them were like, you know, and Rachel's gone through a lot of personal shit and still made shit happen. And then I had clients that were going through a lot of personal shit and just cried about it. And I'm like, I ain't got time for this. Pull yourself up and get your shit done. Stop fucking crying. Yeah, I think I've gotten to the point, and I'm betting you guys have too, to where you can tell if somebody's fucking 100% victim mindset. Or yeah. they're yeah. they're the type of people that get after it. Yeah. How long did it take for you guys to get there though? Because <laughs> I know it took me a fucking while to finally figure it out that I that I just couldn't help them. Helping other people, you mean? Helping people that are stuck in victim mindset or not not, you know, getting after it. Because I think I've everybody gets into coaching at some point to try and save the world. This type of mentality. Yeah, I, I think, think I. For me, it was probably a solid two years of coaching. I had, been coach, I had been coaching small businesses, solopreneurs, mostly women for two years, and I was drained. And it's, it's nothing against women. Um, I love women and working with women, um, probably a little more so than Rachel, <laughs> a little more so, but they're exhausting. Sorry, ladies. <laughs> Those of you who don't have your shit together can be exhausting. I mean, fuck, I can exhaust myself. Yeah. Right. Rachel, what about you? Uh, I really haven't spent too much time trying to pull victims out of where they're at because I've just never had that victim mentality. I, I don't know how. Um, I, actually, yes, I do. I, I was very, a, a very meek and uncertain person until, um, the end of my first marriage, which was, uh, became very violent, um, and domestic abuse. And, and it really, when I finally made that moment, when I finally made that step, that leap, to leave and um i mentioned this in my answers to your questions that that moment of getting in the cab and being whisked away from that scenario and going to i stayed in a safe house for two weeks and nobody knew where i was just to like gather myself because i'd lived in complete terror for a year after a really bad incident um after that and a lot of therapy I was definitely changed because I realized if you're not going to fucking kill me, then 
I'm not scared. I'm not worried. Let's do this. And, and until you can really get to that place, and sometimes it's health, and I've been there with my health too. When you have everything stripped away and you're just left bare and naked, figuratively or really, <laughs> you know, that's, that's when you can really see like, is this it? Is this it? And the realization that nobody's going to save me. And I, I realized that a few times in my life and I've had people, you know, counter me like Jesus can save you. And that is true too. But like, nobody's really going to save you because even Jesus isn't going to come to save you if you don't try to save yourself from whatever it is that has got you down, whether it's a health challenge, whether it is, you know, it is a domestic abuse situation. Like there's two people involved. It's not just one person beating on another. It's one person sticking around and agreeing that it's okay for you to do it again. That's what I learned from that. And, you know, if you're in a job that you hate, if you're, if your financial situation is in the shitter, like you can choose, you can choose. And anybody who's still willing to point the finger and cry, cry baby, they're not ready yet. And they haven't hit that point yet where they're ready to put, pull up their bootstraps and put on their big girl panties and get on with it. You know, and that's brilliant. And it always brings up a question when we get to this kind of topic is why do people have to bottom out, get to the shittiest part of their life and their world before they finally say, fuck, it's time to fight? Because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a prime example of it with my business and everything else. And it drives me nuts that everybody's got to do that. I think I have a, I have a thought on that. I think um, because I've done a lot of reflection on this myself, I think a lot of people, they need to bottom out be, because they don't want to face it when they're going through it. I don't think we, I don't think we always want to face that we're having a challenge or something's difficult or it sucks. Um, I've personally have been through that where I could just keep that happy face on. I'm going to keep going. I'm a badass. I'm going to keep pushing and I'm actually ignoring shit that's going on. And then I have a nervous breakdown or, you know, I call them panic attacks. Right. And then I like bottom out. I'm like, oh, I should have just, and that's the beauty of therapy. So Rachel and I love therapy. So um, Rachel pushed me a year ago to go back to therapy and I, and I did. So that you know, keeps me on track when I'm ignoring things that I need to address. But I think a lot of people ignore and then they, and then they break down. You know, there's one, there's a really great image that comes to mind that someone described to me once that is, you know, we have these like peaks and valleys in life, right? We have these great peaks and valleys. And there's, when you get stuck down in the valley, some people get stuck down in the valley or the you know, the pit of despair, let's call it for more dramatic effect. And they like get comfortable down there and start like getting the easy chair and the putting up pictures and getting, you know, digging their claws in down in the pit of fucking despair because maybe because they get sympathy of like, oh God, my back has just been bothering me so bad lately. I can't do anything. I can't work out. And then, and then. Like they just, and then people are like, oh, and then they just get more and more settled in this pit of despair. And then there's people that are like, fucking hey, I'm stuck in this fucking pit of despair. And then they just start climbing, climbing or building the ladder to get out. And sometimes it's really hard because the pit of despair is really deep for them for whatever they've created for themselves. And it, that's the difference is the people that would just, it's a lot easier to sit down there and make the pit of despair comfortable well, and for I, the others that are ready to get out. I want to add on to that, that wall that they're climbing 
has these little fucking plateaus on it, right? And so mm. they get to a spot and now this becomes, okay, this feels better. Let's hang out here for a fucking while. Mm -hmm. And now they're bringing up the lazy boy and everything else. And we're going to sit here <laughs> for a while, right? Um, this is how people plateau out in their fucking lives because they think this becomes the new normal. Mm -hmm. And what they don't realize is that fucking plateau is actually like a fucking, you know, playground slide. And as you sit there long <laughs> enough, your ass gets fucking slid right back down to the bottom of the pit of despair because now all those self-repeating shit that you self-sabotage and everything else shows up its ugly head. And you're like, oh, great. Good to see you again, you know, mm -hmm. as, as they're going through. So I, I, I go back to why does it take? And I, I always love asking this question because I haven't found the true answer for it yet. Why does it take getting punched in the fucking face by life before people reach down and grab a hold and say, fuck it, I'm going to run? I think because people are conflict avoidant for the most part. People I don't want to deal in the moment with what, the sh what shit is happening. And going along with that, um, um, I call it the, sum the summit and the, and the valley analogy that we're both you both have talked about. And I don't know if I shared this with with you rachel but i was smiling because i'm like did i share that with her this i actually heard in a church sermon years ago about the valley and being in the valley should be looked at as not a place of despair but as a place of rest so if you're actually resting in that valley because you're trying to work your way back up to the next summit you're trying to get to the next peak so if you look at it as you're going to have this we're going to have these high moments and then when you get to that high point sometimes there's nowhere else to go but back down and it should be looked at as a i really i achieved this now i'm going to take a rest and now i'm going to climb back up i'm going to hit the high point now i'm going to go back down and take a rest so that then becomes a mindset thing and i think sometimes we hit dis that hit the valley when we think about it as as despair when we really could reframe it and be like all right I'm going to chill. Like we've all been in that right now with COVID. It's like, you can use this time to make shit happen or you could use the time to rest. Well, it's funny about that. And I love that analogy. Thank you ladies. Um, what's funny about that is I have been very loud about saying, if you don't take action in this fucking moment, you're going to come on the backside of this thing worse off than you fucking were before. Amen. And then the yep. motherfuckers that take action right now and get the yep. fuck after it and build something, create something, make yep. something happen are going to come out on the backside of this thing. So fucking awesome. I got called the fuck out by a gal. I really respect and said, Donnie, that type of mentality is the hustling grind. You're going to get people killed because they're going to overwork themselves. I said, I'm not the hustling grind guy. I'm the get shit done. Right. Take rest, take breaks, take time for yourself, but you got to fucking stay in action. And I think people are using this hustle and grind mentality because Gary V, I can only listen to in doses, love a lot of his message, but you know, he's the work 24 seven, you know, type world. People are hearing that and thinking, okay, I've got to put in 19, 20 hour fucking days. No, and I'm not that I'm just fucking, you know, let's take action guys. What are your guys' thoughts on this in this moment that we're in to make sure people come out on the backside of this shit good? Well, that's like building a, that's like sales funnel 101, right? Like you always have to be taking action for things to happen three and four months from now. So if right. you're doing nothing, you're, you are going to fall behind. So there are days where I feel like I'm not doing enough. And then I'm like, shit, like my days are full. 
Mm-hmm. My days are full. The cash flow is not necessarily there right now, but I am doing a lot of stuff now that's going to show up. That's going to show up in the next three months of the efforts I'm putting in now. So you can't stop the action. Agreed. That's my, that's my Rachel? point of view. I took this whole scenario as an, it's been a disruption for our normal, what were our normal routines. And I took the scenario as an opportunity to create new routines. Mm -hmm. And I think that's actually the greatest thing that I'm taking out of this whole um, pandemic scenario is I made the conscious choice when it started because I, I can slide down the slippery slope to the pit of despair just as quick as anybody. Let's just be real. And I just said, I'm not doing it. I'm going to get laser focused and put the blinders on as much as I can. And I created, um, thanks to my dog, really, <laughs> kudos to OSHA. <laughs> we get up, we started getting up. And I used to get up at 5.30 to try to get all my shit done before um, everybody got up and get the hustle and grind you know, on the road. And then I wasn't on the road. So I was like, I'm going to sleep in till 6. So now, seven days a week, my alarm goes off at 6 a.m. I have my workout stuff laid out. I get up, put on my clothes, and I take my dog for a two or three mile walk, depending on where I'm at, which house I'm at. Um, And disclaimer, my husband and I still have two houses, but that's a whole nother story. But uh, Guys, Rachel's uh, fucking loaded. She's got two houses. (laughs) (laughs) I work for it. There you go. Um, So... So we take the walk, which is mostly to wear her out so I can have the rest of my day. Um, she's sleeping right now. And then I also um, listen to some sort of audio. I, I invested money into educational programs. I invested in a marketing course that I've been eyeballing for years. And I just, so from like six to eight in the morning, I do my very utmost to not look at email and not look at social media and, and focus on me. I do my, my walk. I do my workout. I do my studying from six to eight every day, including Sunday. Um, and that's just me because I really like that routine. And I think it's created a lot of good momentum for me because it's just, um, setting me up for my day. And, and really success is based on consistency and systems and routines and, you know, all of that stuff, in my opinion. And I think that's really been a good thing. And through that consistency, that's when creative ideas have come about. And now I'm revamping my old business and creating it into a new one and doing all this cool work on that. Um, but you can't achieve that if you're like, oh, God, this is so awful there's nothing to watch on Netflix. So this is, when is this going to be over? This sucks. We can't do this. It's they're, they're trying to control our lives. Like it's, it's a, it's a, it's not helpful for your future because I was like, I'm not coming out on the other side of this. It's going to be two weeks or, you know, 28 weeks that I'm going to come out of this and look back at that time and be like, damn, I fucking blew that. And I'm excited about how it's happened and it's been, there's been a lot of benefit. Now, don't get me wrong. There has been my own version of suffering through this pandemic with homeschooling and working from home. And, <laughs> but um, at least every morning before everyone else gets up, I am creating those couple hours of my own inner peace. So even if the whole rest of the day is a complete fail, that part worked for me. 
Love it. Love it. So you guys are called the women your mother warned you about. I really think it should be more along the lines of the women you should follow, be like, act like, carry yourself like. So, so why the women your mother warned you about? Why that title? Other than you are, I mean, it's a great name. I'm not knocking the name by you. It really is a fucking great name. Um, and I, I get the marketing side of it. But why really that side of thing for you guys? First, let's address how we came up with that name. And then I'll let Gina take the question. So we went over breakfast. We're like, well, what should we call this podcast? And did, did you come up with a name, yeah. Gina? Yeah. Yeah. So we're sitting there and um, I didn't want to take credit for it. <laughs> I'm not that great with that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, we're just like, how about, and Gina said, how about women your mother warned you about? And we're like, that's pretty good. We wrote it down and like, if we don't come up with anything else better than that, we'll just go with that. Like it was, I don't know. We didn't harp over it too much. We just were like that, just the name alone. And actually the, the name alone has opened some doors for us because people oh, are yeah, like, yeah. what is that? Yeah. <laughs> I want to know yeah. what that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's been one of people are really from a marketing standpoint, you know, you do need to have some kind of hook that gets people interested um, which got our, our co-host uh, Keith Walters interested and then he became a partner with it. So that marketing was important, but it also kind of stood for kind of the badasses that we are, that sometimes people can look at us as, oh gosh, it's them again. <laughs> right? I can like, see that. I can people, see that. People are like, people will be like, oh, let me warn you about Gina. That that's where I was coming from. You, you know what? I, I want to talk about that because I, I anytime I go into a room, I go and I'm going to speak. There's always a disclaimer, right? Like before Donnie comes on, right? <laughs> it, it, it just comes out. Here's my my answer to all that. I fucking love that. I love uh -huh. that the disclaimers yeah. come out. Yeah. I love that people have yeah. to prep people for me because it means my brand's on point because. I'm yeah. going to hit somebody with a fucking two by four across the face because it's the only way I can help people. Um, exactly. And, and, and be willing to own it. You know, my, my little like campaign right now has been getting small theaters reopened in South Carolina. And I'm like, I'm going to get these fucking theaters open. If it's the last thing I do, like I'm a dog with a bone on a mission to fight the fight for justice. <laughs> Where's your right? <laughs> it's and so you know there are some people that are sick of hearing it and i don't care because because there are a lot of small theaters that are going to be crushed because they're being held back by bullshit red tape so um, people have been like oh gosh warn the governor gina's calling again so i i like the moniker of i'm a woman that's you've yeah, been warned but that's the moment when people go, well, she's just a bitch. Oh yeah. Right? It's because yeah. it's the, it's the intensity behind I'm going to win, right? I'm going to oh, yeah. make this shit happen. I'm going to move this fucking mountain. Yeah. Right. So fun question for the both of you. Where does that truly come from? I know Rachel, you told us a little bit where you found yours, but Gina, what about for you? I, you know, I think mine is a combination. I've always said this is a combination of how I was raised because I had a really um, um, enterprising father who was much older uh, than my mother and maybe worked for the mob. And um, 
very enterprising, but he was, he was a scrapper. He was a hustler. He, he did whatever it took to like get by, put food on the table. He, he was, you know, that, that was his work ethic. So there was that, that, that I had. And then just like anybody else, everybody's got a story. I've been through some crazy bullshit. I mean, you've heard some of, of Rachel's story, but I've been through some bad shit. I mean, I think I put it on the questionnaire. I mean, I had a, a, a con artist boyfriend who was truly a con artist and like took me for everything to the point where I was interviewed on a variety of TV shows for sweetheart swindler crimes. Um, that really fucked up my head. I mean, I'm still dealing with that in therapy. Um, you know, I had an alcoholic mother that didn't, you know, I, I mean, I had a series of ups and downs. I got really sick a few years ago I and mean, Rachel's been, has had health issues. So I think you build resilience every time you get knocked down from something and you, you have two choices, you know, Rachel's talked about choices. You can, you can go into victim mode, which trust me, I have, I'll have a pity party for a day, maybe a week. And then I'm like, get the fuck back up, get the fuck back up because sitting in that Valley, going back to that Valley is not going to do anything. I get sick of myself at that point. So I think it's, you know, the shit that you go through, um, builds up character and builds your resilience. Agreed. Anything to add on that, Rachel? That went so many places. What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> where does that where does that that get shit done badass revive oh, come from? Um I know I always joke that I like popped out of the womb like ta-da because I've been a performer my whole life and it's been a real dichotomy of oh I'm confident and oh I'm really not confident in uh, in myself. Um, and Gina and I talk about that sometimes with, you know, our actual real, um, ideal, uh, listener for the podcast is a super successful woman who also sometimes cries in the shower because she doesn't know what to do, you know, <laughs> and, and a lot of, or, a lot or on the bathroom floor, or on, on, the, kitchen on floor. the kitchen floor because with a bottle really, of wine or something sitting next to her, right? Yeah. Well, really powerful women. We we really want to be, I mean, I'll speak for myself. I want to be perceived as somebody who is really trying hard and doing well and, and doing my best and trying to help others and all that. But the, the truth is sometimes I fuck up and sometimes I may not have really actually fucked up as bad as I'm blaming myself and beating myself up over. But um, I just have this drive. I just, when I get my mind set, set on something, I, I will, I will do it. Sometimes it, takes a little longer than I think, but I always achieve what's on my top 10 always. goals list. Yeah. Always. always. It's kind of weird. Um, and sometimes I'll even put it aside and then it shows back up like some specific things lately. But I think that, I don't know, Gina and I've talked about this with someone else on the podcast is like, is it, are you born that way or are you made that way? And I think it's a little bit of both Yeah. because, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I used to be kind of meek in a way, I guess that word reminds me of my old self, but I still was driven enough to do stuff like when I was in a sophomore in high school, I begged on my knees, please beg my parents to send me to art school because I wanted to be a professional dancer so bad. And at that time, all of my friends were like, oh, you don't want to be around us. And oh, you have to go do this. And it was a very, it was hard because those people did not understand what I was trying to do. And I'm like, well, I can't do what I want to do with my life if I stay right here in Martinsville High School. 
And then later when we were all in our 20, 20s, excuse me, what happened there? Ribbit. Um, in our <laughs> 20s, they were, my old friends were like, I get it. You did something so different than we did. I get it. And that was really brave. And they acknowledged. And I'm like, hey, thanks for that. I wasn't looking for anybody's acknowledgement at that time. I was just doing what I needed to do. And I just, in our very, I think our second episode, we talked with um, a, a gal and we talked about people that live inside the box. And I think that's one thing that makes Gina and I, women your mother warned you about is we don't live inside that box. As a matter of fact, we, we stand by the fact that there doesn't have to be a fucking box at all. Yeah. Your box doesn't have to be any, it it doesn't have to be small or large or whatever. It just doesn't have to exist. You can create your own scenario that doesn't fit into someone's idea of what should not be doing. Right. I love it. Well, and, and going back, going back to the, are you born with it or do you learn it? I, I think, and we've talked about this before too. There's something, um, some of us have always felt a little bit different. Like I always felt different as a kid. And I was that kid that, you know, from a young age, right? Like from kindergarten, I remember being that kid sitting there on the first day of kindergarten and everyone's crying and I'm not. And I'm like, what is wrong with all these people? <laughs> like that was my head. I was like, what? You know, and I was the kid that got the constant letters sent home. Like Gina just talks too much. Like I was the, the you, no. the unsatisfactory. I used to get the unsatisfactory yes. you. Like, damn it. Yeah. And so, you know, I was a different kid and my, and my brother completely opposite of me. So I don't know. So I think it's, again, it's a combination, I think, of well, born with Listen it, to you guys talk. It. And I love a good chick flick. I don't give a fuck, right? I'll sit down and watch a fucking badass chick flick and, and with the wife and just have a good time. And I love the movie The Devil Wears Prada. Right? Oh, you seen this? Yes, I love it. I've not movie. seen it. Oh, I need dude, to you got to go watch it. You got to go watch it. You got to watch it. It is. Okay. Great movie. Killer. but And, and yeah. throughout that show, um, and I forget the gal's name that plays the big CEO designer gal. Uh, Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep, right? Yeah. Fucking, she's a badass. Hell of an actress, badass. right? And and throughout based that- on a true, Based on a true story. Yeah. They're, they're making her out to be the bitch she is, right? She really is. And I fucking love her for it. My favorite scene in this movie, not to ruin it for you, Rachel, but my favorite scene in this movie is when she goes home and she's having this massive fight with her husband. Because what it for me showed for two seconds is one thing that I know to be truth. No matter how badass and powerful, fucking awesome, amazing, and fucking on top of the world you are, you're a real fucking human being that has the same fucked up problems and issues as everybody else. And I love the second favorite moment in that movie was when uh, the gal's going for the final interview and she said, hey, we just got the phone call. Um, and said we'd be a fucking idiot if we didn't hire you. Um, and I, I love that because it shows that no matter how badass, powerful, and strong people fucking are, they still have a fucking heart. They still are a real damn person and give back. And you guys just strike me that way. You've got that fuck you vibe to you. Let me take on crush the fucking world. But we're real damn people. We put our pants on one leg at a time, same everybody else. And you mm-hmm. both come across as having a genuine fucking heart. So, so wow. good on you for fucking being that badass and carrying the torch for so many others that wish they had even an ounce of what you guys carry around with you. It's fucking impressive to watch. Thank you. And, and I think you, I think you really did a great job of describing us. I don't know if that 
that was an amazing description. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. I don't like to wear pants, though. I usually wear a dress. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, hey, I did the pants route. There's a lot of times I'm like, look, that person you're looking to and you think is just like the massive badass on top of the water, you know, and you wish you could be like them. Guess what? They got up, drank a cup of coffee and took a massive shit this morning. Right, so I went the pants route for you guys versus going that. You know, that's I like that one. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, right now my current audiobook is the autobiography of Steve Jobs, or the biography, sorry, biography, and it's really interesting because he's such an icon, and he's just so you know, there, there's so much that if you're an Apple person, if you're right. an Android, right. then sorry, but if you're an Apple person, you're just like, oh, and Pixar and all that. But he had some fucked up shit going yeah, on, man. Oh, he yeah, had he his personality is fucked. God, and yeah. like, he just was super quirky. And 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 it's true, like, especially celebrities and, and he like, I, I'm not a big fan of meeting my heroes because- It makes them real people? Yeah, <laughs> and then you're like, oh. Fuck, really? They're as fucked up as I am. <laughs> I learned that one time, uh, went to Lucinda Williams concert in Charleston. And this was when I was into music. That was, that was the music era. And uh, I just worshipped her. And I thought she was the greatest shit that ever, was, ever happened. She was up there with a book reading the lyrics to her most famous song. Oh, now, granted, she was super drunk because I think her mother or her father, somebody had just passed away like literally the day before. But she was, I, I was like, really? You got to read the lyrics to your most biggest hit? It's, you know, everybody has their moments. See, for me, it was, it was Brian Tracy. Um, I read a lot of Brian's books. I've listened to his audios. He came through Dallas. I went to see him speak and I thought, damn, he's an eloquent speaker. He knows it's fucking talk to. And then he was standing in front of the stage, you know, everybody go up and say hi. And the dude was a fucking asshole. I mean, he was a straight up old gray hair man, dick. And, and I realized, oh, quit. And, and, you know, other people have told me he's the nicest guy in the face of the earth. But for me, I don't know if I said something off-putting or whatever, but he was just maybe, yeah, maybe not he, you. Yeah, yeah right. Maybe, maybe he didn't like you. That's quite well. Can you blame him? I mean, <laughs> I'm not everybody's cup of tea, and I'm fucking glad of that. Um, you know, so let's do this. How do people find the podcast, the women your mother warned you about? I had to make sure I didn't say girls. Um, I was, I was really checking. You guys should have seen the look Rachel gave me at the beginning of this thing. Oh, We're not amazing. girls. <laughs> it was amazing. I was like, I'm going to let her go and get him. <laughs> it I was really know. like you have the pit bull on the end of the chain and Gina just let drop the train, right? <laughs> so, um, she was going I'm not just a pretty face. <laughs> I'm like... Go, girl, go. <laughs> Get them. So where do they find your podcast? I know the answer with it. Anybody who's used to listening to the show knows yeah. the answer, but we'll get some new listeners. Super simple. Women, your mother warned you about dot com. Sweet and easy. Now, Sweet and easy, just like us. <laughs> I was not going to be the person that said it. Um, so here's how we wrap up every episode. Okay. And I absolutely totally screw up some guests when I ask this question. So you were forewarned that okay, some Rachel's going to go first. Okay, really go stumble through. The <laughs> improv person says Rachel's going to go first. No, it's good. Cause I forget the question after if I'm not the first one. <laughs> go so, ahead. 
if Bring it on. you were going to leave the success champions that listen to this show, uh, I think we're at 93 countries now across the world. If you were going to leave them with a quote, a saying, a mantra, something they can take with them on their journey, especially when they're stacked up against it and going through it. I What's got that it. quote or phrase you would say? Remember this. Dreams only work if you do. It's my favorite I quote. That. I want that. And I, I started, I'm not sure. I don't know who said it, but I, I have it as, you know, when your screen goes dormant on your, um, on your, on your computer. Your screensaver. Well, it's not my screen. It's like another thing. I don't know what it's called. Anyways, um, I use that quote when I'm in the, the hard shit. That's when that quote is really valuable and things don't seem to be going anywhere that's where that quote comes in handy remember that you can have anything that you want but you gotta work for it dreams only work if you do brilliant brilliant gina i know this is gonna be shocking (laughs) you ready when in doubt improvise Mm, love that why I think we get so stuck in like, I need the exact plan and the exact structure. And um, now more than ever, I like, I kind of giggle because I've been trained to constantly pivot and people who are like up in arms right now, I'm like, this is just another day at the theater. So mm-hmm. if, if you can learn to surrender, let go, I mean, improvise is a word for all those things, pivot. And you just like, sometimes you just need to let things flow and see where they go. And so, ooh, that's good. Sometimes you need to let things flow and see where they go. You know, a lot of people early on, including Rachel, were like, take things online, go virtual, go do, you know, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to kind of chill right now and watch. I don't have to knee jerk react. I can just kind of improvise my way through it. And sometimes people go too quickly for the, the structure. You kind of have to feel out what's going on and, and enjoy the ride of it. And I like that. I'm going to challenge it just a little bit, just sure. a little bit, because I'm, I'm, I'm a fucking dive the fuck in and just make a move. Right. Mm-hmm. So, cause I was one of the ones that said, girl, take your shit online and start doing the online improv classes, mainly because I wanted to do the fucking improv classes. And um, now you are. I, now I am. Right. So, and make sure we get that link so we can put that in there so they can yeah. sign up for the online uh, improv classes. But, but I know this, we made a massive pivot at my company when all this shit came down, massive pivot. Um, and in doing so, the initial concept we came out with is still there in the baseline, but it was the ability to make that quick move to do something that's allowed me to evolve it into what it is now already two months yeah. into it. Yeah. And it's getting more massive. So, so I'm very quick to move and then fucking figure shit out on the fly. Oh yeah. I'm totally, I'm totally in alignment with that. So just, just for clarity, you, you have to be able to be agile and to move quickly. But uh, my, my point is like, don't be worried about, I need to have a plan. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. I mean, no, I'm constantly, that, yeah. I'm constantly building the plane as I fly it. Right. Like, so even with the, with the classes that we've taken online, you have a class running right now that um, every week before the class, 10 minutes before it, I'm like, what should we do today? So- right? And like, that's literally how I'm running it because I'm ebbing and flowing in the moment with, yep. of learning with each week, what actually is working and because we haven't done it before. So I can't figure it out till I actually do it and fuck it up. Uh, it drives my team's nuts because me and you are the same way. They're like, okay, what are you teaching this week? I don't know. We'll figure it out when we fucking show up. 
you know? Exactly. <laughs> you know, my husband made a really good point about he, he's very busy in his business, gratefully so right now. Um, and he sometimes shows up for certain things and he's like, I show up in a, he'll die if he heard me saying this publicly, but like he sometimes shows up and he's like, okay, shit, what am I going to say? Right. To the point of what mm. we're saying. And he said, you know, do you think that there's a big high power attorneys when they show up and they're so busy and they show up and sit down in front of the judge and then they just open the file and like, okay, what the fuck are we doing here? What is this file flipping through? And I said, I bet they do. But that's because like, you, Gina, you have taught improv for so long, and Donnie, you as well, you've done your speaking towards the subjects that you're an expert in for so long. You don't really have to plan. You just have to kind of be ready to shape your content and material to yeah. who, who's there and yeah. what the scenario is. And I think, you know, it's like um, uh, you've worked your whole life to get all that together, to be able to deliver it consistently and with confidence. And you already know what you're going to say because you've spent years and years and years and years coming up with it. It just depends on what's going on today and who's there. Well, and I'm going to add one other thing into it. It's, it's when you're truly authentic to and comfortable who you are, it doesn't matter the words come out of your fucking mouth because it's your truth. Right. And, and the one thing I, I, I learned doing so many years of sales training was flat out. I don't have to be the expert. I just got to speak to what I know. And as long as I stay in my zone, I don't fabricate stories and I don't make shit up. I never have to remember what the fuck I say because it's my stories. It's my truths. You know, I think that's a, that's another really good reminder that we haven't tackled, right? It's, it's about kind of that, that niche that you create for yourself. You know, it took me several years to get to a place of like, you know what? I'm going to own this space. I'm going to own this lane that I'm in that is applying improv in business. So while I say I'm a sales trainer, I'm a, I'm a unique sales trainer. I'm not doing what anybody else is doing. I mean, there are other people that do what I do, but I'm like, this is what I'm going to own. I'm not going to own the playbook and the process. I'm going to own the book of play in the process. And so like owning that thing that you're good at and being like, this is where I'm going to live and having confidence in you're going to attract people to that. You get, you get more fine tuned with your message. Fucking love it. Ladies, y'all are beautiful. This has been one hell of a fucking ride. I've enjoyed the shit out of it. I think the, and we do have a majority of the female audiences in our listener base. I think they're going to get a lot out of this one. And I appreciate Sweet. you guys fucking being you um, and standing out front for everybody. Keep rocking. Keep being a badass. And, <laughs> and I look forward to see what other crazy badass rate we get up to over the years. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Donnie. Thank you. Holy shit. I told you that was going to be a ride, man. I, I, every time I talk to them too, it's just a fun conversation of laughter, growth and, and fun. Um, it's just fun to put, get shit done people together. So, so go follow them, go check them out and, and, uh, you know, listen to the things they're doing because they're doing some amazing and badass things. And guys, Come hang out with us in Success Champions. Come sit with other business owners from around the world and grow and scale your business. Go to Facebook, type in Success Champions in a search bar, click on groups, and come hang out. 
And if you got any value out of this show, please share it with somebody. Teach them how to listen to the show. It would mean everything to us. Thanks, guys. We'll talk soon. See you next week. Later. Kevin and I have a lot of fun each week recording these episodes and sharing our best thoughts and ideas with you all. Man, we're just proud to to have you guys as listeners always tuning in. And we really appreciate the messages. We get the DMs, the emails, and the likes from you guys with questions and ideas for future shows. And that just means the world to us. We really are changing how the world networks. We've poured our heart and soul into Success Champions Networking, and it continues to grow. So if you haven't checked out a chapter and you're looking for a mastermind group of pure, absolute badasses that understand that giving introductions are way more powerful than referrals, go to successchampionnetworking.com and request a visit. And thanks for being you. Thanks for being a champion of your success, because that's what it means to be a success champion.